Hello, welcome in. What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for being here. This is the podcast, Builder vs. Buyer, and I'm the host, Adam Steiner. Um, yes, I have an awesome interview today with Dory Azer, um, an architect out of Canada. We talk design process. Really, really fun. Great stuff. Stick around for that. But before we do, two quick announcements. Number one, I'm doing a fundraiser for um, a organization called By the Hand in Chicago, um, helping kids in some of the most marginalized communities in Chicago to find out how to participate in the fundraiser. Basically, I'm reviewing floor plans for um, donating my time. If you make a donation to this organization, I will review your floor plan. To check out the details, get links, follow me on either Instagram or TikTok. Um, my handle on both those is Burnham Design Co. B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. So check me out there. Number two, today's podcast is sponsored by Room Layout Guide. So check out roomlayoutguide.com. For those of you working on designing or drafting residential spaces for the first time. Um, this is a great starter kit to help you know what sizes room should be. What should the space be between your kitchen countertop and your island, the, the hall bathroom, the primary bathroom. Um, I have all these rooms laid out with my dimensions and common notes that I would put on there um, to really help you get a springboard into designing spaces. So that's all from my end. Let's get to Dory. No pressure. We're just live to the whole internet. Hi, Dory. How's Hi, it going? Good. How are you? Good. We were just saying before this, so this is the first time we've met, but we feel like we've known each other for a long, long time because we're Absolutely. both um, on TikTok a lot. I've seen, I'm sure we've seen a ton of each other's videos. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's a huge pleasure, pleasure to get to chat with you. Um, for those of you that don't know, this is Dory Azer. Um, he is an architect out of Canada, has an awesome TikTok channel. Definitely check it out. If you're anywhere in the design process or a, a builder architect, like this is, you need to check out his stuff. It's great. But even more so than that, um, Dory, I have been so impressed with your physical work that has actually been built. The oh. times you've shown those on TikTok, I'm like, man, I, I really want to talk to this guy because they're awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, very, very good stuff. Check him out. Dory, how's it going? It's going really good, Adam. Today's a good day. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped, and we're both um, TikTokers, so mm -hmm. I imagine we might talk long here, which is okay. Um, but well, it's yeah, good. We're go usually it. limited to like 60 seconds, right? So it's nice to yeah. like just be able to unwind and have a conversation and not try to cram information into like a 50, 15 second video. Totally, totally. <laughs> okay, so the core of what I wanted to talk about today is I. I think we get a lot of similar questions and people just don't know the design process really, or the home building process altogether. Who do I hire? Who do I talk to? What questions do I need to answer? Like all that stuff. So I wanted to have a discussion with you on our design process, what kind of conversations we're having with clients. So whether you're a builder looking to design a new spec home or you're a homeowner looking to design your dream home, like what kind of things do you need to prepare for to get that process going and to get things rolling? So I figured we would pick Dory's brain, dive into his process a little, um, and see just, yeah, what we could, what we could uncover. Right. Um, I actually want to start with assembling a construction team. So mm -hmm. who should a, a homeowner, um, talk to first. I get this question all the time. I'm sure you do too. Who do I talk to first? Do I talk to a builder? Do I need a piece of land? Do I need an architect first? Like what's the order? What do you recommend? 
<clears throat> it kind of depends on the project first. So let's let's talk two scenarios. And I, I imagine today, Adam, we're going to be heavy residential conversation, right? This, yeah, this is yeah, where yeah. I, I spend my world too. So um, if it's uh, an addition, let's say, to an existing home, um, usually it, if I'm somebody's first phone call, um, I would recommend that they call their, their municipality or their local building department just to get a sense of like, um, you know, feasibility. Because a lot of times people want some free feasibility, right? They're like, is, yeah. is this even, before I even pay an architect, is this even like, am I even going to be allowed to do this? Yeah. So sometimes they'll call the building department and they'll be like, yeah, yeah theoretically, yeah, you do have some room off the back of your house that you can put an addition, but we're going to need drawings, right? They're like, fine. As long as you're telling me there's a chance, then... And then they'll be uh, they'll be okay. So um, they usually start there, and then they'll reach out to us. Um, we don't do a ton of feasibility study stuff. We're usually all in on the whole project because we can kind of tell them what what's going to happen, what's not going to happen, or what's going to be able to happen. Yeah. Um, so usually for a, like a renovation, it's usually I recommend the first point of contact is maybe your governing body or you know your authority having jurisdiction to see. Is this even an option? Is it, uh, you know, maybe they've lived in the house for, you know, 50 years. They've had it in the family, whatever, and no work's ever been done to it. But maybe there's some outstanding permits that would prevent something from happening. You know, just, just kind of get it from that municipal level first. Um, if it's a new build, I, I like to be contacted first. I, I think the architect is, is kind of the, the ringleader of the whole project. And from there can kind of say, okay, you know, if we need a, you know, uh, if we need the land surveyed, if we need um, some soil testing, if we need whatever, the architect can kind of dish out um, the, or the architect uh, designer can kind of point them in the right direction as to the next steps. But I think one person should kind of be that point of contact, you know, to kind of yeah. be that common thread that runs through the whole project. <clears throat> um, when when do you advise start starting to talk to builders? <clears throat> In my experience, um, once, I mean, go ahead and call the builder anytime you want, but a builder's reaction is always going to be, well, show, what do you want me to build for you? Right? Like show me something. So in my process with clients, um, <clears throat> I'll recommend um, starting to talk to contractors once we have a, a pretty firm design down, you know? Yeah. Um, if we're thinking about moving a window that's no big deal. That's that's no sweat. I think what a contractor wants to see is the essence of the project, right? Is it one yep. story? Is it two story? Is it 2,000 square feet? Is it 10,000 square feet? Like, where is it? And kind of what, what what's the essence of the project? Um, and from there, at least you'll have enough information to show a contractor where they can say, uh, yeah, no, this isn't the kind of project that we do. Or yes, this is absolutely the kind of project that we do. And we have an opening, you know, we could start it in six months. Can, can you have drawings and permits ready in six months? And then it kind of starts uh, starts to solidify along the way. Um, but I'm a big advocate too on, on um, personalities. So yeah. if you're hiring a builder to come in and renovate your house or build your house, then you, you really better like that person um, because you're going <laughs> to yeah. be spending a lot of time with them. And, you know, if you got to call them every day or, or, you know, have good communication with that person, you're going to want to like them. So interview yeah. a few people. Yeah. I, I tell clients it's a lot like a marriage. Like you're, you're going to be with, with this person and around this person a lot. Yep. And especially like if you're not getting good communication on the sales side, 
it's only getting worse on the construction mm -hmm. side. Yeah, absolutely. So get somebody yeah. you really like and feel comfortable talking with for a year, year and a half. Yeah, you know. especially if it's a renovation, right? If it's a new build, yeah. you're not there. If, if they're renovating your home while you're still living in the home, oh, you got you have to like this person. Yeah, they're to, literally you, in your kitchen every day. You're going to look out your bedroom window every morning and be like, oh, I can't believe Bob's here again. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, you want to, the relationships are key. The, the same way I tell people all the time, like, when they're looking for an architect, if they call me and chat with me, I said, maybe I'm not the right guy for you. Maybe, maybe you think I'm super annoying. I don't know. Like, don't, yeah. don't hire me if you don't think we're going to have a good working relationship. Yeah, totally. I, so on the builder equation, I tell my clients, usually first meeting, I'm like, you should start talking to builders now because mm -hmm. we always get into the equation of, of pricing. Like, do you think mm -hmm. this is $200 a square foot? Do you think it's $500 a square foot? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I know enough to be dangerous and I've worked for builders for a number of years and like I can speak the language, but nobody knows numbers better than a builder. So I want to get them, like you said, the essence of the building, when we're to a solid draft, I've got an elevation, I've got a footprint, I've got a floor mm -hmm. plan. I yeah. like to get that in front of the builders. Yeah. yeah. Um, say like, Hey, this client's budget is 1.2 or 700 or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, are yeah, we on yeah. track or are we not? Um, yeah, and that, yeah, so exactly. Before the project gets too far, yeah. like if I got to back this thing up, I'd like to do it as soon as possible. You know, <laughs> yeah, so we got to right. go from a three car garage to a two car garage or like, what, what do we got to do here? Yeah. Right, Adam, I think my camera's like lost focus for a second. Just You seem in focus. Am I? Okay. Because you seem in, oh, there I am. Okay. Now it looks better on my end. Okay. Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. But, I, yeah, that um, that really. I mean, it's never really too early, even even to rule people out. Like, you know, oh my my uncle knows this contractor. It's great. You go talk to the guy. He's like, yeah, I don't do residential projects. Okay, great. Like, cross yeah. that guy off the list. Like, it's all information that's going to yeah. be helpful at some point. And I think a fear I've heard a lot is the traditional method where client hires architect, architect develops CDs, and then client sends it to five to 10 builders to get numbers. Mm -hmm. I really don't like that system um, because you're just kind of in a crapshoot. Builders hate it because they can feel you're just shopping them and they don't really want to spend a ton, ton of time yeah. and energy on the build. And I think clients are worried like, oh, if I tell one builder my budget early, they're just going to screw me and, and spend every dollar. And I, I don't know. I think it's more about relationship. The times I've seen where they have picked a builder early are usually the best builds mm -hmm. um, and the best relationships through the process, because they've got, like you said, they've got somebody they like and trust early on. Um, and you got to start with honesty, right? Yeah. Like if, if, you know, my budget's 1.2, but I'm going to tell him 900,000 so that when, you know, he comes to it with a sharp pencil. So like, and that's games already. Like, just, just, just be honest. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard, right? Like I, yeah. I can imagine, you know, uh, car shopping for me is stressful, right? Like I could have, and that's like a relatively small transaction and a quick process, right? Like I yeah. imagine like this, this journey of having a home built is, yeah. it's great. Even I've built new homes before too. And it's still, it's stressful for me and I know what's going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're just, you're, you're worried about things. Right. I've done it twice as well. And yeah, it's, this is my life. This is all I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still stressful for us. Yeah. Exactly. I know what's coming next and I can't yeah. deal with it, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so the last piece on like the, the prep side is land. Do they have to have a piece of land beforehand? Have you ever started designing without one? What are your thoughts on that? I always prefer to have a, like to know where 
where it's going first. Um, I think it makes for a better building just from an orientation perspective and knowing, yeah. you know, what's happening, unless it's in the middle of a field somewhere, but that, that's kind of rare. Um, yeah. But also um, even setbacks, lot coverage, right? To, to understand that stuff, you yeah. know, it'd be hard, I think, to design a project where somebody said, yeah, I've got an 80 foot lot or, or I'm, I'll find an 80 foot lot. Don't worry about it. Well, 80 by what? You know, like I, I need yeah. to know there's, there's a lot more. I mean, what's it zone and what, what what's our lot coverage and what, what do we need to do? So I always prefer um, to know where a project's going to go. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've done spec homes before, right? So it's not like, you know, yeah, you, you design a spec home and then you get a call later and you go, oh, I need you to make this thing two feet narrower. So, you know, bump a wall or do, right. do what you right. got to do. Um, but in general, I, I prefer the more custom approach than that would uh, generally involve having the land um, yeah. in hand already. Yeah, the the times I've designed before they've gotten land, I feel like they're they're either close or they are really in love with something specific about a floor plan mm -hmm. and really want to make sure that they can nail that before mm -hmm. they pick a piece of land. Um, yeah. So, but it's still we're not. I don't want to get down down that path too far for exactly what you mentioned. Like, there's so many reasons why a lot won't work. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. And then um, is it a, is it flat? Is it not flat? Like it it could be the right dimensions and the wrong topography, right? Yeah. Like there's there's just so many ways it can it can backfire. Yeah, totally. Um. All right. So let's get into those those first meetings. So you've yeah. you've signed a client. They're they're on board with you. Um. What what kinds of questions are you asking? A lot. I'm a question <laughs> asker. Um, yeah. I love, so what I try to do before I put pencil to paper is I really want a good understanding of the project and how they're going to use the house. So uh, we'll walk, we'll talk about each room. We'll talk about features in the room. We'll talk about anything um, special that's required about the room. You know, is your 12, 12 by 12 bedroom, do you care? Uh, no, as long as the kids have two bedrooms, we're okay, great. What about, what about your bedroom? Well, you know, we really like to, to watch a sunset we'd love a balcony and you know okay well if you want to see a sunset from your balcony well your bedroom needs to go over here now right so okay i'm glad i know that now because now your bedroom's going to go there and if you know maybe there's some uh site access provisions that we need to be aware of that maybe influence where the garage goes or or something like that um you know responding to neighbors uh you know, if they want privacy, you know, if somebody wants an outdoor shower. Well, I'm not going to put it where your your neighbor's got a window above that they can look down into your shower yeah. or something like. So it's just <laughs> right. trying to get an understanding of of each space, uh, spatially, you know, dimension. Sorry, I should say dimensionally and from a um, usability perspective. Like, how are you? Are you formal dining people? Do we need a formal dining room or not? Uh, yes. Okay. Then why? And like, just try to understand how they live. You know, when you get home at the end of the day, what do you do? How many, how, how many people are leaving the house at once? Like how big does, do these spaces need to be? And what's the sequence of, of rooms that we need to have? Yeah. And um, then that kind of gives me the criteria, Adam, so that when I get down to design, it's like, okay, the, it just kind of like pieces start to land where they need to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how I approach that. Yeah. I, I think, um, I was going to say like, I, so I took a little sales training. Um, I was a sales agent for a little bit, um, okay. at a home builder and I feel like the design questioning is a lot like the sale. One thing they taught us was like three Y's deep, like 
Okay. If a client says something like, okay, why do you want that? Why do you want that? You know, like a, like a toddler. And I find yeah. myself doing that a lot because a lot of co- clients come in with, um, it's, it's either like a floor plan they printed online or they have an elevation they really like, or yeah. an example like, oh, this plan had a bedroom off the back, a bathroom off the back, and we're going to do a pool. We need a bathroom off the back. So therefore right. we like this plan. And then three wise deep, it's like, no, you don't really like that plan. You just wanted a bathroom off the back. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I love that. That's, I would say that's a pretty accurate, um, the, the, I tell a similar story about when people come to me and they say, well, I need, um, I need a home that's 3000 square feet. So how do you know that? Yeah. Well, cause, cause my uncle has a house that's 3000 square feet and it feels like about the right size. I'm like, what if your husband or your uncle's home is designed like crap? Like what it's, what if it's really inefficient? What if it, well, I said, what if I could do it for you in 2,800? They're like, well, that'd be great. I'm like, well then let's start over. You know, yeah. like let's, let's yeah, not yeah. like, don't handcuff me so early, right? Let's, yeah. you might be surprised what we can do and s- keep the cost down. You know, our, we're not always here to make you spend more money. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, meeting your budgets or even, even bringing it down a little bit. So yeah. you can maybe spend a little more money on your driveway or your countertops or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know if I can speak for you and for both of us, like we want these ideas from the clients, but bring them with like an open hand because don't don't walk into this process thinking you are pigeonholed into X, Y, and Z because we might be able to find a way around that. Um, you know what I'm finding a lot too, Adam? I'd say in the last, I don't know, three, four years or so is um, people are getting a little, like they're becoming more comfortable with what they want. But oh, if it's yeah. kind of a bigger idea, um, th- sometimes they've been like shy to even ask for it. You know, like, like at some point along the way, they'll say, oh, you know what? Like, we really wanted a feature X. I don't know. Um, But we thought it was kind of stupid. So we didn't bother asking. I'm like, this is your home. Like, who is anybody to declare anything stupid if you're the family living there? Right? Yeah. I said, like, what is it? And, And, you know, might be like, oh, you know, we'd really like an outdoor shower. It's like, great, let's do one. But isn't that kind of stupid? I'm like, not if you like it. Like, if you want it. Yeah. I had a, an example of that when um, a house I started designing in 2019. Um, it was a two-story house. And they wanted all the living spaces on the second. It was a small, a pretty compact footprint. And they wanted all the living spaces on the second floor so that because they were across the street from, like, a conservation area and they had beautiful views. And they said, well, we just want to get up a level so that we can appreciate those views. I don't want the bedrooms up there. I want the kitchen and dining room and everything up there. She's like, is that stupid? Is that a bad idea? I'm like, no. Yeah. That's, that's like, if you want that, let's do that. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell you if something is architectural suicide, you know, but yeah, it's, right. it's probably not going to be. Right. And um, you're, you're so right. Clients rarely come out with this in the first meeting. Mm-hmm. It's like two or three meetings in, like I had a couple where they're like, you know, we're well into the design process. They're like, can we have a golf simulator room in the basement? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we thought that was crazy. I'm like, I mean, it's a, a decent amount of work to sink the floor and yeah. you know do some, some stuff into it, but it's not crazy. Like, yeah. this is cool. Like if this is your house, do it, <laughs> you know? If um, you like, and I'll, I'll always, um, I'll always encourage clients to do whatever don't do anything 
from some outside force or outside influence, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. well, you know, my dad told me I should probably do like six bedrooms. So we want to do six bedrooms. I'm like, what do you need? Well, we need four. Okay, then let's do four. Well, right. what about resale? I'm like, somebody will want a four bedroom home in 25 years from now. Like, yeah. <clears throat> The whole resale, con- I, I have some unpopular opinions about designing for resale, but. <clears throat> I think I would agree, actually. Okay, then, then let's dive in if you want, because I think yeah. um, the amount of stock that people put into like the resale of their home is is blown way out of proportion. Yeah. I, I'm of totally the opinion agree. that, especially like uh, if you're if you're flipping the house, okay, maybe you want to think of a few trendy things or, or whatever. If you're planning to live here for 20 years, Every decision you make is going to be out of style by the in 20 years from now. Yeah. Right. So, and what imaginary family are we catering this to exactly? Like the guy that might buy your house might not even be born yet. Like, you know what I mean? We don't yeah. even know what, oh, well for resale, we should do this for resale. You should do that. It's like resale trends are like, so in the moment. Right. So yeah. I've designed a one bedroom home before that had no walls around. It's like a loft that sold right? Like if you want it, there's probably somebody else that would want it too. So just go for it and have what you want. Like the luxury of uh, working with a designer to design you a custom home is not something that everybody gets. So why compromise that experience for maybes and what ifs? Yeah. Right. No, go go after whatever, whatever people want. And your term, like architectural suicide or like I, I refer to it as a blunder. Like we will tell you if, if it's a blunder and it's more because you're going to think this is weird living in it Mm -hmm. than because a future client X will think it's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and if you avoid most of those, like you're right, somebody will want it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And they might want it more. Like I've been from my own experiences and others, like when the house is a unique standalone piece on a street full of cookie cutters well guess what you're 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 the value on the street now yeah right? they can't if they want to buy your home you get to name your price if they want to buy the one across the street well there's 20 of them so go ahead and like you know haggle over prices but yeah i think there's there's good design is an investment it's not it's not a bad idea it's a very good idea to have a special piece of work that you can say yeah this is this is a one-off this is a special piece yeah, or think about the homes in your town that were built 40 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. the ones in the in the cute downtown area that like were really crafted well. Like everybody yeah. wants those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it's yours not... could be that too in 40 years. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. So, going through the design process after you've had these first meetings, what are what's the stage at which you what are you showing your clients? through the drafts and revisions and stuff. Like what do you, what do they see the first draft from you? What is it? And then moving on through further drafts, what are you developing? So we always, um, we generally walk into each meeting with the same structure of stuff. So um, it would be, and so it's all, it's, um, it's a design set, right? So they're generally in color. There's low detail. There's, you know, art plans and stuff like that. So, We'll show up with a site plan. We will show up with floor plans as necessary, one floor, two floor, whatever it is. Yep. Um, black and white elevations with shadows. You're not in Revit yet, are you? No, I'm not. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll fill, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, save me 45 minutes at the end of this and I'll convert you. Um, 
but um, yeah, so we do our elevations and then um, we uh, will bring in our renderings that we put together in Lumion. Um, and uh, in my office here, it's we always bring in printed copies, but they're always put up on a screen as well so that we can all follow along on a larger screen and then have you know something to make notes on. Yeah. Uh, whatever. And that's, that's when it, uh, we keep it lighter detail for client mm -hmm. meetings. Um, towards the end, we'll do one kind of deep dive into like, here's how it's going together. And most clients will just interrupt me. They'll be like, Dory, I don't care. If you're telling me this is good, then, you know, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't I care how deep the joists are. Like you're, you're fine. Just, just go ahead. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, so you don't do like a bubble diagram or anything for that first step with a no. client. No, no, no. Usually, but that bubble, dot, I almost do that verbally, right? Like when we're, yeah. when we're talking the talk before we start drawing, it's, it's kind of like that. You know what? I might do something quick and sketchy in that, at that yeah. meeting, but the mm -hmm. first like design meeting, like where I'm sharing my ideas, it's, it's their hard lines. Yeah. I, I do the same thing and I want, I tell my clients like, this is where the design process starts. We can talk and talk and talk, but until something hits paper, yeah. like, you realize what you said went through my brain and then got on this sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. So now we're at, we're like speaking a common language because we have this in front of us mm -hmm. and what you don't like is just as helpful as what you do. You know, sometimes people hate it. And yeah. I usually will say that like first draft suck. You're going to hate it. Um, I try and downplay it so that they yeah. know like it's a process and we'll be, be tweaking it. Cause I don't want anybody to freak out with the hard lines. Yeah. I, uh, I'll do that when somebody, says, oh, I want something really modern. So I'll go online and I'll find something like really modern. I'll send it to them and be like, like this? They're like, oh God, no, that's that's way too modern. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So in like what I've learned over the years, Adam, is I don't like, let's save everybody some time, right? Because yeah. I made that mistake before. Somebody says, I want something super modern. Okay, so you design them something super modern. They're like, no, 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 not like that. I mean, like, like columns and arches and like wraparound porches. I'm like, okay, okay, that's not modern. Like you use the wrong word, and now I wasted yeah. so much time. So, um, at this point now, I've I've got enough of a body of work where it's like, if people go to my website, they kind of know what they're gonna get. So yeah. if you want something different, maybe don't call. You know, we yeah. might not be the right, right. pair. Um, and if they they go to our TikToks and they so if they see our work on on our websites and then they go to our TikToks and see our personalities and they still call, then we're probably going to work together. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like my personality on TikTok, don't you, you won't like it in real life. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a great point about being out there is people walk in, like we said early on, like, I feel like I know you like, yeah, that's I know how to talk to you already, yeah, you know, and right. that's, and a lot of my clients are, are, share a similar spirit right they're like they're excited they're energetic they want something cool they want something fun and and i can meet them at that level yeah right whereas if i was on um you know online putting out very chill vibes and very kind of like you know slow and brooding kind of like like people might not want to work with that so yeah i'd rather i'd rather succeed at being me <laughs> you know than anything else right like yeah. that's um, you know what you're getting. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, back to your point about like elevations and modern versus not like, I feel these terms are just thrown around so much architectural terms of houses yeah. mm -hmm. that I'm always coming back to pictures. Somebody yeah. says modern farmhouse. I'm like, like this. And they're like, no, not really. We are thinking like this, like, yeah. Oh, that's not. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's like, you could resolve that in five minutes and save right. you like 40 hours of work. 
right. know? Um, um, yeah. So yeah, I was having, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you know, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I was having a conversation with another drafter who was just designing the client said, draw something modern. We want to see it. We want to see it. And he was doing it. I'm like, Oh, that's so dangerous. <laughs> um, because not only are you risking um, your time, like you're just wasting time, but also you're risking that they, they lose faith in you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because if you, if you miss badly enough, they're like, Oh, maybe this, maybe this architect or drafter doesn't, doesn't really can't really design our house or our dream yeah. home, what we're thinking. So I always make them send me a picture. I'm like, what are you, what are you really thinking? Can you send me a couple inspiration images? I say the same thing too. And I said, I, I, I don't need it to, I don't need to copy off of it. I just want to know where your brain is. Like send me a picture yeah. of like, and, and I, I, I joke with clients sometimes too, about like, you know, if these were like people we were talking about, like, oh, you know, show me a beautiful person. It's like, well, how subjective is that? Like what, yeah. what you identify with architecturally as something that moves you, you, you got to point me in a direction first, or, or if you're, or they have such belief in what I do that they just trust whatever I do is going to be great for them. And that happens from time to time as well. But um, yeah, you kind of need a direction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as you're going through drafts, um, I imagine you're tweaking room sizes and elevation style. Um, and then you're getting into more detailed drawings. Um, are you showing renderings of every stage, every draft through the process? Because you're working in Revit, I assume. Um, so I can. Yeah. Usually... Um, for certain projects, I will. Yeah. Especially if, um, we came in with renderings and it was, uh, I don't know, all white The you know, the house was like, kind of had a bright sort of finish to it. And they came back and they're like, ah, we really kind of like earth tones or darker colors and stuff, you know, probably re-render that, you know, yeah. but if they're like, yeah, can you delete that window? I don't know if I'll like go because we we from Revit we go into Lumion and do all of our like you know trees and people and, and stuff in yep. there. Um so it really depends. But the hard work is just getting those files set up. Like uh-huh. Revit and Lumion sync with each other, right? So if I delete the yep. window in Revit, it updates in Lumion. So um yeah, we're usually if we're all in on like Lumion renders, then we'll bring them into each meeting. Gotcha. Cool. Do you ever do interior renders? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. They're a pain. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they are. I I think I, I will quote exterior and interior renders for people, and the exterior are way cheaper, and I think people are surprised by that. Like, there's so much more you got to put on an interior with like all the little details, or it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, um, and the sun is outside, right? Like the best yeah. lighting source is already outside. You know, what are, yeah. are you using? Enscape. Yes, I'm okay. usually rendering SketchUp to Enscape. Um, I have an associate that works in in revit so sometimes he will develop revit drawings for me so i'll be tweaking and playing around in revit and then okay. enscape um but yeah it's it's mostly enscape but yeah like interior lighting is so hard it's so you spend so much time on it mm-hmm. um way more than just throwing the sun in the sky and <laughs> yeah um so then if if they're getting close they're liking the project they're like okay we're ready ready to go to the next steps um when do you start discussing the construction specific details, joist type, window manufacturer, things like that? 
that's usually it's usually right around the time the design is is tight tightened up it's yeah like um kind of the point where we'd maybe start shopping it with some contractors like when there's there's something in place yeah. because that uh, as you know right that stuff can like wreak havoc on your budget right like windows right you can get cheap nothing windows or you can spend all the money in the world on windows right yeah so 15 I, to 200 grand <laughs> absolutely right? yeah and so it's like you know um how much should i budget for my kitchen uh, kitchens are another one right i'm like yeah. i don't know you, you can spend 100 grand on appliances i don't know like where where <laughs> what's important to you yeah um so i like to get the pieces in place first and then kind of like um that's when i'd like to make that like deeper dive into like okay here's here's how i think the whole thing's going to go together yeah unless it's a really specific um need like i i'm uh just wrapping up uh a detached backyard structure where it's a garage and like a, a three season room and a rooftop patio and, and stuff like that and the owner really wanted sound isolation between the garage and the rest of the building and yeah. that was like one of the that was the first meeting he he uh, uh, must do work on some things or where it's very loud and that could disrupt the people on the inside. So we knew early on that we were going to need a special wall construction here. Right. Yeah. So, um, and I talked to him about ways we could do that. And he's like, ah, oh, that might be a little too far and blah, blah. So we, I had that conversation before the floor plan was done of like yeah. how we want to do this. So um, yeah, there's, if it's important to a client, we'll, we'll bring it in at any point, whether it's, you know, uh, maybe, and it, people's experiences are so, are so different too, right? Somebody might come to me and say like, uh, we want a new house. Last house we lived in, the windows leaked nonstop. So I just need to make sure my windows don't leak. It's like, yeah. okay, so now we you ramp up the window budget, but something else maybe has to, depending on right. what the overall budget is, might have to go. So that's what I love about residential design, Adam, is every, yeah. everybody is so unique that they're, when their experiences come to the table, it's like, you don't know what you're going to have to work into a project on any given, on any given project. Yeah. Everybody, they're quick to share those pain points and they're mm -hmm. all totally different and they all come out very early. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah, funny. No I, say that, I don't want any stairs. I don't want any, you know, um, all bricks gotta be all brick. You know, I don't want any like whatever, but they all cut. You're right. The pain points come out and it's a whole psychological yeah. deep dive as to why, but <laughs> the, the funniest one I had was the very first thing the client said to me in a meeting, we were meeting at their home. They had a bunch of kids and the um, client said, no racetracks. <laughs> Meaning like ways they could run around like walls. Yeah. And stuff like that. <laughs> Whether that's like the kitchen Island yeah. or the loop between like the kitchen and dining and foyer. That's, like That's a really specific, but how great yeah. is it to get that? So now that right. influences the whole design. Well, like funny. I don't want my friggin' kids running around my house <laughs> doing laps. I've never heard that term. I've heard the term, but like not not as a design. Like, yeah, no racetracks. That's cool. Oh man, that was that was a funny one. Um, so you're developing construction documents. Like, what do you typically put in a set? How long does that take you? What's what's going into that? Um, so our set of draw a typical set of drawings um will be. We have our cover sheet, right? Which is usually some renderings, um, you know, drawing list, uh, vicinity map, like where where the, you know, uh, the area uh, map of where they can find the property. 
and you know fancy project titles, all that stuff. A true cover yep. sheet. Um, from there, we have our sort of general stuff, so like wall types and general notes and um, uh, uh, abbreviations and, and and things like that. That's usually the second sheet. Um, third is usually site plan and uh, site data, so like lot coverage, zoning, right, all that stuff on there. Um, then it would be foundation plan or basement plan or whatever whatever the below grade work is. Um, after that, it's floor plan, so one, two, three stories, whatever that's going to be. Then we are reflected ceiling plans, then exterior elevations, then cross sections or building sections, and then details, and the details that we're calling out from, from the cross sections. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where the, that's the framework, right? So how, how big, how many sheets of each kind of depends on the, the complexity yeah. of the project. Um, do you do a power or electrical plan or is that all on your reflected ceiling? We, so we, uh, reflected ceiling will show um, position of light fixtures, but not wiring diagrams. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because I think that's a, something a lot of people don't know. It's like, what what is included? Who who does this stuff? Mm -hmm. A question I get often is mechanical. So the HVAC, where is that going? Who decides that? Yeah. And honestly, typically it's decided by, at least in my area, by the residential contractor in the field. Mm -hmm. um, I've prepped for it. And I've got a plan for where the trunk lines and chases go. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't typically develop a mechanical plan. Is there anything else you don't, like, don't typically do that's handled in the field? So, um, yeah, I'd agree. It's, it's mechanical stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, I've done it before. And then it's, they don't follow it because maybe there's a better way to route it or a better, you know, or, or the, the framer put it, the joist in a, like he started laying them out from left to right instead of right to left. And it really like threw off what you, where you thought you were going to have room to run your chase yep. or something like that. So um, there's always an awareness of it, but I don't, uh, uh, on, on most residential, sometimes they're, they're hyper custom and they want everything in the drawing. So we'll consult a mechanical engineer or something like that. Yep. But in general, you know, we bring our awareness of it, right. We know where the furnace is going to go and all that stuff and, and where, uh, trunks are going to be run and all that, but actual like uh, sizing or like uh, things like that. No, that that's, that's left to the mechanical contractor. Um, how do you handle structural? And this might be different between Canada and the United States as well. Um, um, maybe. So if it's, we're allowed to do structural uh, on our drawings, if it falls within um, what we have as part nine of our building code. So part nine is uh, housing and small buildings. Um, so if it falls in that section of our code, as architects, we're allowed to, to sign off on that. Um, it's when it's, uh, beyond any of those. So, so if we wanted to, you know, <clears throat> for example, in, in that part of the code, we're allowed to cantilever, uh, two feet maximum. Yeah. If you had this big dramatic thing that you wanted to cantilever 10 feet, we, we would need a structural engineer to design that. Yeah. Um, but like footing sizes, foundation walls, uh, roof framing, floor framing, whatever, we, we, we do all that. Unless yeah, it's, it's a special condition, right? Then we right. outsource it. Yeah, I think that's something that freaks people out is like 
not every home is structurally engineered because the code has had structural engineers mm -hmm. um, that input all that data into it. If, if it falls within those typical parameters, it's usually in the code book what you're allowed yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, some states I've worked in require um, structural engineering of some sort. So like I did a project in Colorado and we had a structural engineer on that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a house that maybe didn't need one, but you know, um, kind of fall within those parameters. Um, let's see here. Anything else you think people need to know when they're going through this process? Um, yeah, I love, I, I love a well-informed client. I think like there's so much information out there that I think clients are coming to projects with a lot of information. Um, but I think at some point you need to, you need to trust somebody to sift through that noise. Right. Yeah. So, um, when, when, you know, if you found an article that says um, vinyl siding is bad, I can find you another one that says it's good, right? Yeah. Like it, there's just so much out there that everything is the best product and the worst product. It's yes. the best idea and it's the worst idea, right? And that's, um, so there's a lot of noise out there. Um, I would I would always ask clients to, to have trust in somebody, not 20 people. Like my one of my famous things that I love to say is like, when I give you your design, like, don't go posting this on the internet and saying like, what do you guys think of my floor plans? And like, you're just going to get a thousand different opinions and you're going to, and they're going to come from all directions and you're not going to, you're going to be so confused and overwhelmed that you're not going to like anything anymore because you're going to yeah. be trying to please other people besides yourselves. So and I said, I like, I don't care if you post the stuff on there, like to share with friends, but the point of that conversation is to keep your circle small, right? Yeah. Because, you know, you might have a really good relationship with your dad and, and your uncle and your neighbor and your cousin who built last year. And, and so you keep asking all these people and then, you know, um, your dad says, you know, don't put in expensive windows or a waste of money. And then your neighbor says, well, my windows leaked. I wish I would have had better windows. And what, like, and so now you're getting a lot of voices in your head sort of yeah. contradicting each other. So I always, I always try to encourage clients to have like, prepare yourselves, right? Like know what you, what you want, but also be prepared to know who to talk to and who not to talk to along the way. You got to find a like-minded, trusted individual, whether that's your architect or designer or, you know, your cousin, but just don't, don't ask a hundred people because you're not going to like a hundred answers. Right. That's great advice. Yeah. I feel like people too do that way too often and it, mm -hmm. it freaks them out. There's whole Facebook groups dedicated to freaking people out about floor plans. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and it's, it's, it's not necessary, you know, the same yeah. way, like, you know, you wouldn't go to a restaurant and like start posting pictures of the menu and be like, what do you think I should eat tonight? Somebody says you should have the burger. Somebody says you should have the salad. And somebody, and you're like, oh my god, I don't know what to have. You know, it's like, yeah. well, housing's a million times worse because there's infinite directions you can take a project. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm a I'm a big relationship guy, Adam. So I want anytime a client comes to us or anybody, I would I would always want them to feel comfortable with their designer, comfortable with their contractor, comfortable with um, the service that they're getting before they give anybody a penny. Yeah. Right. If, if like, you know, if your contractor is unresponsive during the bid process, just, just imagine when they have your money already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, um, and, um, yeah, but, but 
that in addition to like what we talked earlier just just go after what you want like it's once once you move into that house all those voices all those other people's opinions they go away right and they they go back to their lives and they go do their own thing and you're stuck with the house that you designed based on their opinion yeah always always design what you want how you want it and if other people want to have an opinion on it they can write a check or move in but yeah otherwise if they're not moving in it's not uh it's not the right call for them yeah totally love that um do you have any questions for me yeah i have like a million questions for you <laughs> how do i get to a hundred thousand followers on tiktok well i'm not there either so <laughs> if we combine our audiences we're close <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, what are you at now? You're 40 something around 30, 30. Okay. I'm at like 49.5 and I promised myself I'd hit 50 by Christmas. And I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of running out of time. <laughs> I've been putting on a lot of videos and, um, but, uh, I'd be, what, um, I'd be curious to know what it's like. So in, in Canada, we are licensed per province, which you have your States, we have provinces and we're licensed per province. Um, when you leave your state to go work somewhere else, um, are you using like a national building code and are you able to do drawings in other states or do you need to partner up with somebody over there? Um, yes and yes. Um, okay. So it depends on the state. Every state has a different, um, like they have slightly different rules about what they do and don't allow. Okay. Um, so some states are like the Wild West, like um, Indiana or Texas, or I imagine the Dakotas, where basically you could get yourself licensed as a general contractor. You could draw your own plan as long as you know it's inspected and passes the code. Like you're fine. Yeah. Um, and then there's states that are, you know, on the much more strict end of things, like California, where um, you know. So like, I'm not a licensed architect. Um, I studied civil engineering um, with an okay. emphasis in structures and then um, went on working for a home builder straight after that. So like, there are plenty of states I can design in, but like, I can't, I can't touch anything in California. I can't even, as an unlicensed architect, I don't think I can even design a schematic that then an architect would be willing to stamp over there. Wow. Um, so yeah, there are, there are different things like this project in Colorado. Um, they required a structural engineer stamp on it, which is fine. And like, personally, I appreciate that step in the process. So I'm like, yeah, let's go for it. Um, I've got some associates that are licensed in some other States that like we work really closely together on. Um, so it, yeah, it, it really varies. Um, there's no like one solid answer that covers the whole country, but our code covers a lot of it. Um, okay. So the code book covers 90% and those 10% cases, you know, you kind of have to figure out as they come up. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's uh, and where I am in, in my province, like we're, I'm so we're surrounded by the States and we're so far from the other provinces that really all the, I only need to be licensed in one. one oh province. yeah. You're Toronto, right? No, I'm uh, kind of Southwest of Toronto. I'm, I'm right across the river from Detroit. Like oh, I can okay. Detroit yeah. in 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So that, that, uh, sort of to pinpoint me where I'm at. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, it's when we get calls from the States too to, to do projects, uh, often, sometimes it's just not super feasible to like, yeah, like it's not easy to go to 
you know, Texas or something like that to meet with a client or visit a site or, 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 or not visit a site and just kind of do it based on information online. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a hell of a market in the U S. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've gotten this, but like through TikTok, because it's obviously global and the reach is insane. Like I will get project requests for small remodels all the way across the country. Yeah, I'm like, I'm flattered. That's awesome. Thank you for reaching out. Mm-hmm. But a remodel job is really hard to do remotely. <laughs> it's hard to do in person. Let alone, yeah. let alone. That's, like, uh, so much I have to verify. It's like new construction is a little easier to do remotely, but yeah. No, yeah. one of my favorite things about being a, an architect on the internet is when people disagree with my videos, but it's, it's my reality. You know, like I, um, I did a video once on, on very small, uh, bathrooms, like two piece bath, like, but how, just how small could you make them? Yeah. And in Ontario, we don't have, I think in the States, you guys have a center line of toilet, like 15 inch. Uh, we don't have that. So, um, it's, it's so funny how it's written because it's like, must have enough room to accommodate plumbing fixtures. That's it. There's, there's no hard dimensions. Seriously, that's yeah. hilarious. So I was doing these like microscopic toilet rooms. Right. And people are like, you can't do that. That You don't have 15 inch clearance. And I'm like, you know, like, I, I love you, man. Thank you for commenting. But, um, there's more to the world than the U S right. Like there's, there's like, yeah. you know, there's codes elsewhere too. Or like, um, you know, I'll get a lot of Europeans commenting on wood frame construction as like yeah. being like just a fire waiting to happen. And I'm like, no, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's uh, yeah. People watching your videos are like, they think that you're in their backyard, like uh-huh. doing those things. And it's like, no, like there's all over the world, you know? Yeah. I got one, somebody from England. I w- it was about um, outlets, electrical outlets in a bathroom. Yeah. And they're like, you'll get electrocuted. You can't do that. Oh, yeah. Do it a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's actually required. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, what's funny, right? Like it's, it's, and at first, you know, when you start posting all these videos, you're like, Oh my God, like some people are ruthless. And then after a while you're like, yeah, hey, you, you thicken your skin. Right. And you're like, yeah, yeah all comments are good comments. <laughs> you know, yeah. thanks you for supporting really. my algorithm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Argue all you want on this. Yeah, post. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I've had some too, where then like, they're not arguing with me. They're arguing with another comment and they'll just go back and forth nonstop. And I yeah. just see like the comment section just keep racking up. And I'm like, this is great. This is, yeah. thank you guys. You like just kind of go in and, and you don't even, I had one, one time it was a, uh, about an angled garage and through like within like three comments, these two guys were like making fun of each other's political parties. And I'm like, how did that escalate so fast? Like, how did you even, you know, right. you're probably some Trump loving blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no, you're probably so. And then they just, it was like three comments in. And I'm like, wow, you guys are, might want to talk to a professional or something. That's, that's a lot of, a lot of anger that just spewed out right, right away. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. I love it though. I mean, TikTok, it's, I'm with you. The, the opportunities that it's presented, like, who are we to each other without TikTok, right? I have yeah. no idea. You know, never find you, never talk to you. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been kind of cool for stuff like this. Um, it's given me yeah, a lot of really cool relationships. Yeah, and yeah. I, I've gotten paid work out of it too. Like it's not it's not a waste of time for me. 
Yeah, um, same here. It's like legit projects are like, will you design my home? Yes, here's a proposal, signed, done, money's in hand, let's do this. Yeah. Um, and they're not, the first one I ever got is about three hours, <coughs> excuse me, about three hours away from my house. You know, it's like they would never find me otherwise. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, but this is great because they they identified with my persona and, you know, went to my website, liked my work and they were, con- yeah, okay, done. He's our guy. Yeah. I got my first one this week where they live in my hometown, but found me on TikTok. That's crazy. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> okay, I, I have like that too, that like I, I do a ton of TikTok lives and um, I go on for hours yeah. and people are in from everywhere. And then some guy, like I'll get a comment that's like, hey, I saw you walking down like Blah Street the other day. And I'm like, where do you live? And he's like, tells me a street name. It's like two streets over from my street. And I'm like, hey, that's, you know, you're talking to people from like Australia and Scotland and, uh-huh. you know, wherever. And then like somebody who's like literally could look in your bedroom window at night, which is kind of weird. <laughs> it is. I will say one last thing on TikTok is um, I think it really, I, I would recommend that um, if you're a professional to try this or something like it, because it really helps you flex the muscle of being in front of people. Mm-hmm. So I was in a, um, uh, board approval yesterday with a local city for a, like, um, purchase of land. And I did this design work on it and I was nervous, but I noticed like, oh, I'm so much more comfortable here now than I was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's because I'm flexing that muscle of, getting in front of people talking like there's just something weird that happens in humans when the record light goes on mm-hmm. and you need to power through that mm-hmm. so that it, you know, whether that's a, a sales call or a meeting with a, a city board, like you need to have that experience. So you're not freaking out when you do those things. Yeah. It's I could, I couldn't agree more. Um, I've always been generally comfortable in front of groups or talking to people, but the, what social media has been given, uh, it's taught me that um, resiliency of, of negative comments. Yeah. You know, because sure. pe- people are ruthless online, right? Like, yeah. um, and so once you kind of build some, you know, once you callous to that a little bit, yeah. um, then you're like, okay, whatever. You don't like my design, whatever. We'll fix it. They're like, it's fine. You know, yeah. <laughs> this is not going to ruin my day. Because yesterday yeah. I had somebody tell me that I, you know, should never have children because my, like, you know, family tree should end with me because I'm worthless. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. It's like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty heavy stuff there, but <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. Yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't, it's, it's, it's so for my professional goals, it's so right. Like it's, it's, it's everything that I need. So yeah, you know, like here. you said, you, you power through and, and I know a ton of people that would absolutely crush it on TikTok. They just don't have that right? The record button gets pressed and they freeze, you know? Yeah. I was out with a buddy the other, um, on Friday night, we went to a concert together and he's like, how does this TikTok thing live work? We're waiting for the band to come on. I'm like, come on, let's go live. And I'll show you right now. Like, and I pull up my phone and I go live and he's just kind of staring at my screen and I'm saying hi to people, whatever. And he sees the number of people like climbing and he's like, shut it off. I'm like, what? He's like, shut it off. I'm like, okay. And I, I end it. I'm like, what's that all about? It's like, that was weird. I'm like, what was weird? He's like, all those people just like watching you. I'm like, there's like 15,000 people here. Like a lot of people are watching you. He's like, I don't know. There's, he's like, that was weird. He's like, yeah. I, I never want to be a part of that again. I'm like, okay, then then you don't get to complain that you don't have don't have any followers, right? Like there's, there's yeah. 
right that. right and he's he's hilarious he's witty he's funny he's he would do great but man you just put the camera on and then people they freeze right yeah that's awesome yeah. well not awesome but no no i know what you mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's great he's got anxiety awesome no <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh man well dory thank you so much for joining me today we're yeah, of course i mean you're right we probably could talk for two more hours i will um cut it here just before the hour hour mark but um where can people find you follow along um anything you're up to uh i am my name is very googleable so it's dory azar uh d-o-r-y-a-z or a-z-a-r my Canadian leagues out there for a second. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, so on Instagram and TikTok are the sort of two best and most engaging places to find me. Um, so if you search my name in those, you'll find it. Or doryazar.com is, is yeah. where you can get look at my work. Yeah. If you're on either of those platforms, get on there and follow him. It's, um, yeah, a real treat. Really <laughs> good info. So thanks, Adam. Well, thank you, Dory. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. You're very welcome. 